0: If everybody will turn over to Joshua, chapter chapter number three in the Old Testament, I usually try to find a sermon that will somehow connect with this whole. Um, because this is this is something new for me to be uh, to be a missionary. i have not. I'm not. I've not been a missionary sent to a, you know, a distant place before. Now, every one of us are missionaries. Uh, you're a missionary when you walk out this door here and, and you interact with the community and you talk to folks. You, you give them the, the, the testimony and witness of, of, uh, of, the, of the Christian, the, the called out uh, saint, the believer in the Lord, the, the one that's trusting in God. You, 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 you uh, give evidence of this by the way you live your life. Uh, you know the world's all in a conundrum about this or that you're at you know you have peace you have confidence you have a certainty because you know who your god and your savior is so so you can even if you don't say anything just by your way of life you're a good witness to others but hopefully if you get a chance to an opportunity to give the gospel to somebody you do that in a, in a rather plain and and uh and, and careful way to to uh, share with them the importance of the truth and the, and the the need for men to repent. Uh, Brother samaru was talking about how he's not a, a not ashamed, he's not embarrassed to tell everybody what he believes. And and we you know we should that's the way we should be because those folks that hear that you're actually doing them a disservice if you don't tell them the truth, and and if and if you compromise. And and he was talking about how that some are you know landmark and sovereign grace when they're talking to us and when they're up here, but when they go back home, they're not really. You know th- that's that's injurious to those people that harms them that's detrimental to their uh to their souls and if they're saved it's detrimental to their growth in the lord if they're not saved you're holding back from them the very thing that they need in order to be saved you know this gospel the the lord uses means he uses the gospel uh in the saving of souls and he uses you and me to share it so this is you know this this is something that uh, I, I try to keep in mind as we go to Wyoming to preach the gospel and to try to be an example to others and, and to do what the Lord would have us to do. Our text comes from Joshua chapter number three. And I'm just going to read to you, I think it's the first six verses. Yeah, let's read the first six verses in Joshua. It says, and Joshua rose early in the morning, and they re- and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the, the and the priests the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about two thousand cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which ye must go for ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Now I have that underlined in my Bible, this little phrase at the end of verse number four. It says, For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And that's the title of my sermon, is You have not passed this way. I want us to just think about some, you know, there's some important lessons here. Um, You know, we can't see into the future. That's pretty plain. I mean, that's that's an obvious uh, application of the of the passage. We can't we can't see into the future. We don't know what what tomorrow holds. We know of a certainty the end of the things that will take place tomorrow, the day after, and however many days that intervene between us and heaven. We know that in the end we will be in heaven. But we don't know in particular the things that will happen tomorrow. Maybe we don't know in particular the things that will happen in our next breath uh, in all reality. Uh, but we, what we do know is that God is in control. God knows what's coming next. God knows what the future holds because God is already there. God knows what's around the next bend. The way might be a mystery to us. Tomorrow might be unknown, at least in detail. But but God is there. He's 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 both here today and there tomorrow, and He gives us the direction and the knowledge that we need. Uh, and, and and that's that's just incredibly inc- comforting to know that at this very moment, as we, you know, as we live out our salvation, we serve a God. That is giving us the knowledge and the direction right this very moment that we need in order to deal with what's coming tomorrow, and and he's 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 taking care of us. He, he, he's even though the, even though we don't know the uh, the ins and outs, the details, all the intricate you know things uh, you know uh, between that might happen between now and then. He already knows, and he's giving us everything we need to deal with that and to cope with it. You haven't passed this way before, but he's already there where we're going and he's there with us to guide us on the way so the first thing i was thinking about is that every day is a new day so we have a new day and a new place now you think about the children of israel about to go into this land of canaan the promised land they'd heard so much about it and this is the the place they've been looking forward to and here they are about to go into it's a new day and it's a new place they don't know the place either and i thought how that kind of compared to you know us going uh, to Wyoming as well, and and in in any of us as we take up any new endeavor, it could be a new day every day, but sometimes it's a new place along with that new day, and that's where these Israelites were going—a new day and a new place. They'd wandered around for forty years in the wilderness, and they became familiar with the wilderness. I mean, if you if you uh, you know read through uh, the accounts there, you find out that sometimes they would stay maybe for years in one place or another, and they not, not that they were ever uh, officially, would put down roots, but they—it they wasn't—they became more familiar with places in the desert than what they were with the, the land of Canaan, and especially when you think about the fact that uh, there wouldn't be any uh, grown men that would enter into this uh, land of Canaan that had known anything but. The wilderness, except for the ones that were under 20 years old. And these, so these would be, you know, upwards, upper 50s and, and 60s. Uh, these would be the, you know, these would be the uh, oldest folks that would enter into the, the place, but most would be much younger than that. And all they knew was the wilderness. And all they knew was the Lord's day to day care for them. And th- this is entirely new to go to a place and, and then to, and to make it their home and to live there. over you know if you look back here again it isn't any wonder then that uh, joshua and the officers of the host they would admonish the children of israel before they entered into this place and in verse three they said when you see the ark of the covenant of the lord your god and the priest the levites bearing it then you shall remove from your place and go after it yet there shall be a space between you and it about two thousand cubits by measure come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which ye must go we have not passed this way heretofore so if they wanted to know then they would follow after the lord And i'll get to that more in just a minute but this is a new day but it's not so scary and it's not so daunting when they know that god is with them and if they, as they obey god you know they're going to know the way to go now if they would ignore him or go their own way now they would tried this before well i guess what 38 years before that they tried this before and they tried to go without God into the, into the land of Canaan, and they found it to be a terrible mistake. This time, they're ready to go, and they're going to go the correct way. Uh, they're going, there's things that are taking place here that they may not completely understand. Surely they don't know uh, exactly what's going to be on the other side of that Jordan, just what the, uh, the uh, spies, the two men uh, found out that went over in there, what they, would, what they would tell them about the land. They knew that it was uh, a land that was uh, full of bounty, but it was also full of giants and scary people. But as long as, you know, they knew, but what they knew here is that even no matter where they went, the Lord would be with them. The situation the Israelites found themselves in was that they had every reason now to commit themselves into the keeping in the hand of God. They didn't know for sure what would happen to them over there, but they knew that God was leading them there. And this is the same situation we're in on a much smaller level, I suppose. But every day that we wake up and face the world, we know that God is with us, and just like He told him, uh, just like He told him here, you know, He He says uh, uh, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. He would, He'll make it so that we know how to deal with these new days and these new places. Now, you know, you think about a new day, every day being a new day. Some days are a lot more challenging than others. And it's not every day that you just, you know, up and move to Wyoming either, uh, like like we're doing. But God's in control no matter where that day is or when it is or where that place is that we go. He's in complete uh, and utter control. We haven't passed this way before, but we can be sure that God has. When we encounter some difficulty or when we enjoy some success, you might say, I've never seen anything like this before. But you can rest assured that someone else has, and we can you can rest assured that certainly the Lord has. So that's the second thing I want you to think about. Is you see this, <coughs> you see this here in our text. It says in verse number three, and they commanded the people, saying, "When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God." I was thinking about how that the uh, we need to see uh, and look unto God. You know these uh, Israelites, I think, had got in this uh, rather admirable uh, habit of following that ark and following the Lord wherever it went. When it stopped, they stopped. When it went, they went. And that was a, that was a good uh, attitude to have. Uh, and now, uh, I don't reckon there's very many places that ark would have went, if there's any place it could have went, that they wouldn't have followed they would go where god would go and but first off i want you to see that they would that they would look unto god they would before they would take another step they would look to see what god would have them do and so when they see the ark of the covenant of the lord your god when they see it move then they would then they would go after it but not before that that i think that's important over in the book of micah it says in chapter number 7 in verse number 7 it says therefore i will look unto the lord I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. So we look and we wait for God. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to quite a few people in, in, in different, uh, you know, uh, different circumstances about what it's like to, uh, to do what we do. You know, it's a big change for us to do what we do. And, and I'm not always that comfortable with it, you know, in the flesh. And I talk to other people who are the same way. And they they don't know sometimes or not sometimes they're not confident that they're doing exactly what the Lord would have them to do, and maybe sometimes we might all doubt our uh, situation, uh, you know, to some degree. But when we look unto the Lord and we wait upon Him, then I think we can have peace with our. Uh, circumstances I, I want to use the word decision and, and, and we do make decisions in this our service unto the Lord but hopefully they are uh, we're led by God to make these decisions to to go this direction or, or not go that direction whatever we do if we look to God and we and we wait upon the God of our salvation if we see him and if we look to him even though the way might seem unfamiliar or sometimes you know the situation might seem difficult, uh, when questions arise or, or, or doubts sometimes intrude in our, our thoughts, then we look to the Lord and we trust in him. If you read some more verses there in Micah chapter 7, you'll see that the he reminds us that the world is not to be trusted. Even the best of men is unworthy of God. We should place God in a position of reverence and in uh command of our lives and and the direction that we go i wonder sometimes how many blessings from god we missed out on because we weren't looking unto god we were looking under our own selves or we were looking under someone else and seeking their advice or their guidance sometimes you know we're all prone to this sometimes uh if we're uh wondering about how to do this or how to do that there's a comfortable way or there's a comfortable answer. There's an easier approach. And sometimes we'll look for somebody that will give us advice that would agree with that easier course of action. I mean, we all do that. We're, we're, we're subject to that, that we will uh, sometimes uh, uh, almost solicit advice that helps us escape some difficult way or some difficult uh, decision that we know we should have made uh, in, our, in our service unto the Lord. But don't do that. I mean, if, if what we do first is look to the Lord. There's nothing wrong with seeking advice and counsel from others, but it is the Lord's leadership that we follow. And that, that's, what, that's who we look to first and foremost. Uh, and I wonder sometimes how many uh, opportunities or blessings we've missed out on because we've maybe taken the easier road or we haven't sought the Lord's leadership like we should have. Well, if you go back to our text, you can you, you see where we're going with this? It says uh, in verse number three, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest of Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. So that's the next thing I want you to think about: is just follow after God, go after Him. Follow after God. And there's a lot of ways you can take this. You know, you, you're fully in pursuit of God. You know, with everything you have, you know, just dropping everything and running after God. You see that ark, you know, they're moving there. And maybe some Israelites were caught unawares. They would just drop everything and take off running after that ark. And, and maybe that's how we ought to be with the Lord. Uh, Peter and, and uh, Andrew, Andrew and Peter, they left the ship to follow after the Lord. And James and John left the ship and their father Zebedee and followed after the lord and all it took was him to call and they and they just dropped everything and 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 followed after him this this is important to look upon god is very important and to see him first in our lives is is very important but then to be ready to follow him wherever he would take you you know this is almost like putting uh proof to the words this is almost like putting action to our beliefs we look to god and now we uh we follow him and we walk after him we go after him and again i think those israelites Uh, Seeing that ark move, uh, it didn't matter if they hadn't been that way before. You have not passed this way heretofore. They were still going to follow it. They they were conditioned, I think, to do that, which is good. And and a lot of these folks weren't even saved. And we we know that the Lord expected obedience from them as a nation. But for those that were truly saved, this is not a matter of duty as much as a matter, matter of desire to follow after God, to please him. So I hope and pray that we would go after God with the same zeal, be obedient unto him as they were in this particular instance. We know a lot of times they weren't, but here we have a, a good example, I think, of their obedience unto the Lord. I know they, those Israelites struggled. I know they stumbled many times. But I think here on the edge of the unknown, they were willing to step off the shores of the river. They were willing to go into the very river itself. And they were willing to cross that, that river and enter a land that was potentially full of enemies, lots of difficulties, and they would follow because that's where God was leading. They looked upon God and they would follow Him anywhere, even across this river. (coughs) Over in the book of Hebrews, it says in uh, chapter number 13, in verse number seven. Now, I mean, it is, is, uh, you you notice back here in our text that the officers went through the host, reminding the people, telling them what they were going to do. They had Joshua as their example. Uh, they they had the uh, the priesthood as, as an example. They had uh, I guess this would have been Eliezer at the time, right? I think. And then uh, they, they would then they had these officers going through the hosts, and they. They had these men that would instruct them and give to them the the word of God. It says over in Hebrews 13, verse seven, remember them which have the rule over you who has spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. Considering the end of their conversation, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ was the rock in the wilderness. He was the one that, that fed them and kept them all those years in the wilderness. Now on the banks of Jordan, they were willing to follow him into the promised land. And again, I know the previous generation didn't. They just didn't obey like they said, but this one would. And for at least this little uh, period of time, they were faithful and obedient unto the Lord. And I hope and pray we'd be the, the same way as well, that we uh, too would realize that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Now that has application to this what we're talking about. You know, every new day he's already there. But also, it has application to the thought that he 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 took care of these Israelites; he can take care of us as well. And if they if if they found their faith to be well placed, and their confidence was well founded, uh, and the results were uh, the the results were glorious, then we should have the same faith and the same confidence and maybe even the same glorious results to serve the Lord. Over in the New Testament, in Luke chapter number 9, <coughs> it says in uh, verse number 23, And he said to them all, If any man will, will come after me, let him deny himself and, and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now this, uh, there's a parallel passage for this. Uh, but I like Luke's account. He says, uh, "He says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Uh, every day, every day is a new day. Every place is a new place. And this is what we do. We don't know. Uh, we haven't passed this way before, but every day... When we, we, uh, every new day, I mean, even if it's just has the minutest differences from yesterday or from today, every day is a new day. And we take up the cross every day and follow the Lord. Over in John, let me give you a couple of passages there in chapter 10 and chapter 12. (coughs) In chapter 10 and verse 27, the Lord says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Do you ever really think about how that this is just an inevitable sequence of uh, events? He says, "My sheep hear my voice; I know them, and they follow me." The inevitable conclusion of them hearing his, his voice and him knowing them—he knows them. They, they are. They must. They will follow. Now, it's not always uh, the same in every the life of every person, and the Lord, uh, you know, the Lord uh, may. Uh, let me think of the best way to put this. Um, each each uh, salvation can, can be, uh, the circumstances that surround it can be different. But in the end, every single one of them will follow him. And over in chapter number 12, and verse 26, it says, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So there's also a bit of a... Uh, a, a Similarity there between serving and following. We follow the Lord and we serve. Those that are loved by God will be called out. They will follow Him unto salvation. Those who have followed Him in salvation will be active and faithful servants unto Jesus Christ. We follow Him and it's not just into a life of ease, a life of uh, earthly comforts. We follow Him into a life of service. So even though you haven't been this way before, Uh, even though you might deal with some unfamiliar circumstances nearly every day of your life, uh, follow the Lord, obey him and serve him that much at least can remain consistent every day because he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, just so we don't, uh, I don't want to, I'll just spend a minute on this, but just so that we don't kind of, um, take things for granted or consider these things too, uh, to be in in any way trivial or insignificant, look at what it says back in our text. It says in verse 4, now now remember it says, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. In verse number 3, the ark's moving and the people are following. Then he says, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way heretofore. So again, the desire is or the aim is, is that we're going to follow him because we don't know the way. We haven't been this way before. But in the process of doing it, we realize that there, and this is the next thing I want you to think about, is that we don't intrude into the place of God. We're into God's place. Um, you know, there must be a space between these children of Israel and the ark. Don't get ahead of God be one way of looking at it, but, but primarily is don't take God lightly. Uh, don't presume too much on the holiness of God. It, 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 this is an awesome, uh, this is an awesome, incredible, holy God, and, and he deserves our reverence. He deserves our fear. He deserves our awe. Now, now, and, and we love him, and, and, we, and we appreciate so much the leadership and the, and the deliverance that he gives to us, but, but don't ever forget. That he's the holy God, the creator of all that is. And he, and, he, and he deserves our utmost reverence and fear and respect. The children of Israel were about to cross over Jordan. They were about to take possession of the, of the, of the land that the Lord would give them. But don't presume too much on this holy uh, God that they serve. Previously, uh, back in Exodus chapter number 19... And this would, have been a, this would have been the fathers of most of these men uh, here in this uh, in, in our text passage. But in Exodus chapter number 19, it says in verse number 10, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down on the side of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not in hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When a trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. So there's, a, again, some things to think about here. We approach God at his beckoning. He calls us to him. We, we don't come to him in our filth and our sin. We don't, we don't even want to. But when he beckons us and he calls us, then we do when he, when there's a change that comes over us when we're made acquainted with god through his son when our 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 sins are washed away by the blood of jesus christ when the atonement is paid you know when the holy spirit comes upon us and quickens us and and shows us our own sinfulness and our need for a this glorious Savior Jesus Christ we come to him then and we come dressed in the in the garments of salvation the righteousness the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ then we can come into his presence but not before and not without this is, this is, again, this is an awesome God that we serve. And even in the, uh, even in the midst of our service and our, our dear love that we have for God, there's still a space here between us, not, not that, is, that prevents us from a, a close relationship with God, but that acknowledges his, his infinite superiority over anything, any, in any aspect of his uh, creation. He, He's worthy of our utmost reverence. So there was a space between the Ark of the Covenant and the people, just as there is a difference between God and man. I used to sometimes use the, the phrase that we ought not get too familiar with God only because I was trying to uh, ins- remind people that you know, he, his name has become a byword, and, and people just talk about God as if he's, um, I don't know, they, they bring him down to man's level. Uh, so very often and so but but i'm not sure that's the best way to put it you know don't get too familiar with god i hope you're familiar with him every day i just don't want him to become something common or mundane something ordinary because he's not he's he's extraordinary he he he, the our relationship with him is uh, the product of miraculous happenings and and the sacrifice of the precious son of god on our behalf there's and, and and so just to be one who knows him is a miracle in itself and, and we need to consider it so to highly esteem this God I don't think there's any restrictions on, our, on how close or how dear uh, God or Christ can be to us but I think we need to lift him up and hold him up high uh, and never never ever make him or our service to him something that's common or average or ordinary and again another way to look at it also is to keep this ark in front of us don't get ahead of God you know, Don't, don't say, uh, you, I see somebody's getting ready to sound the trumpet, so I'm going to take off. I'm going to get in the front of the line and, and take off. I'm going to be the first one there. No, you've got to follow the ark, and you've got to follow God. That's what we do today. And, and, I, and I'm not just first in sort of this uh, chronological sense or in the order of travel, but first also in glory. He's first and foremost. So when they enter into the promised land, they're following God because he's the one that gives it to them. Don't, don't get out in front of him and imagine somehow you're the conqueror of this new land. It's God. He's the one that's giving it to you, so you follow after him. And we do that in our everyday life too, I hope, that we lift him up and, and we put him first and foremost in our lives and we, we highly revere him and, and we live every day in awe of his goodness and his kindness and his grace and we lift him up every day. And if you do that in your devotions and your daily, uh, studies and your, and in your personal relationship with God, I think it'll reflect in your, uh, testimony unto others as well. They'll see, this is a person that, that thinks highly of God. And who is this God that he, that he so, uh, that he shows so much, uh, care for and reverence for? Uh, you know, if, if, I mean, I had, do find myself telling people this. If it's somebody that I know, it's harder to do. It if it's a stranger, but I suppose if uh, uh, you're bold enough and you have, a, and God gives you the opportunity, wouldn't be anything wrong with it. You know, tell people when they take God's name in vain that that's you know to me that's worse than cursing really. Uh, don't take don't take this God lightly. You know, this is the God that gave you your breath uh, that you just drew, the breath that you 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 drew in to speak out His name. He gave to you. So don't take him lightly and, and don't make his name a byword. This is a, a great God that we serve. The last thing I want you to see there is, is in verse number five. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So you haven't been this way yet. You know, tomorrow is going to be a new day. Every day is some as a day you haven't lived yet. So in preparation of, of uh, facing that new day, we need to sanctify ourselves. Set ourselves apart under the service of the Lord. Um, That's how we'll be useful tomorrow is to sanctify ourselves today. You know, and it takes preparation. Uh, Again, this isn't our sort of contribution to salvation that, that, that wouldn't survive without it. This is our active and eager participation in the service and the work of the Lord sanctify yourself set yourselves apart now again it's a very practical thing and and probably you know uh, our church back home gets tired of me talking about uh, sanctification and, and seeking to live uh, respectable even holy lives in the sight of, of others but it's a challenge in the in the today's uh, environment there's so much wickedness around us on the one hand it doesn't you don't have to be very uh, obedient to immediately stand out in such a place, but on the on the other hand, there's so much evil that it tends to cling to us, and it's even more hard for us to do what it is that we ought to do. <clears throat> a little bit later, I won't read there, but if you if you go over to Joshua chapter number seven, you know the the, in the you think about the sin of Achan. Remember how he uh, took of the accursed thing, and he took the I think a Babylonian's uh, a garment and and maybe some gold and silver and hid it in his tent. And they were told not to take anything out of the, uh, anything uh, as a, uh, out of the city. And he took that and stole it. And it affected the entire, uh, su- the, the, the success of the people as a whole. It, pre- it prevented them from conquering the city. And it prevented this man, of course, from serving the Lord. And it cost him in the end his life he wasn't sanctified, he wasn't ready to serve. Well, I mean, there's ways we can apply this today. Even, I mean, I think the church members, we all gotta admonish ourselves and be reminded to to set ourselves apart under the service of the Lord. I think the best uh, service rendered by a church will be when all members participate uh, diligently. You know, when some, when some don't, then of course, it makes it difficult for the church to function to the best of its uh, potential in the service of the Lord. But as individuals and as families, it could cost us uh, a, a, the um, potential to be good witnesses for Jesus Christ. Now, God, Jesus, every glory that has ever been given, every, every praise that has ever been uttered or ever will be uttered is going to one day be attributed to Jesus Christ. Every one of them. There isn't any praise reserved for any other being in existence. All praise, all glory is God's. Now, we mistakenly uh, uh, direct it in the wrong directions and to the wrong persons from time to time. So don't get me wrong. The fact that, that you, you, know, you were denied uh, maybe a potential or the uh, opportunity to praise or honor the Lord doesn't mean that some praise or glory is escaping God because it's going to be his. But, but if you have something that needs done in the service and in the kingdom of God, and a church uh, is, is ready to be used in that, then the Lord will use that church. And if you're as an individual or as a person, uh, if you're, you know, if you want to, if if you have a desire to serve the Lord, he certainly will use you. If you're not, then he'll use someone else. You see what I'm saying? I mean, we want to be the ones that are set apart, ready for the master's use, to live our lives in a way that would bring glory to his name. That's a lesson for us. We know we're traveling into a new place and a new day every new day of our lives. And as Christians, we know that we need the leadership and the, and the direction, uh, the grace, the strength of God Almighty. But, 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 but it's intriguing, and it's encouraging also to think about how that tomorrow, or maybe in the next hour, you might have an opportunity to uh, share uh, you, the message of the gospel to another person, uh, you might encounter someone uh, who has never met you, or or and maybe maybe has. Or I mean, every day, each new person, each new day, each new uh, situation, we should be ready to exalt and praise Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean, that's the best we can do. And and every every new day, uh, you know, he we know he's in control of it. So whatever comes our way, we know that he has led us to that point. And I think it would be good for us to seek to be ready to be used by God in each of those uh, circumstances. All right, I'm going to stop right there. I appreciate your attention. Again, we love the church and all the folks here and and the new uh, uh, visitors and uh, and the others that we met. Uh, We pray that God would bless. I I started to think there would be like one, two, three, four churches at least represented here, right? So I pray that God would bless each of these churches and these families. God bless you, brother. Brother Joe.